Hello, and welcome to Secondhand Film Critics, your favorite source for mildly pretentious, semi-uneducated, and highly unqualified opinions on movies. I am Noah, and I am here with my co-host, Kayla. So, we're recording this on September 12th, and I would say that September 12th is officially fall. It is. Um, so how is your fall going so far? Well, it's still 90 degrees outside and very okay. sunny. So I can't say that it has 100% felt like fall, but I have tried to make it like fall. You know what I mean? It's fall in your heart. Yeah, like I'm you know? feeling fall. And there were a couple days we got some remnants of Hurricane Ida coming up through here on the East Coast. And so there were a couple days after, you know, the big storm that it was 65 degrees. I was thriving. Okay. Nice. I was wearing sweatpants and a crew neck. I have like a, it, I have a crew neck that is, it's black and it has the Slytherin mm. logo on it. And so I felt like I was living out my, like, dark academia fantasies. Like, I was walking the dog. It was a chilly morning. Uh, uh. I was like, wow, I'm not even sweating, and I'm wearing sweatpants. And it was really nice. Wow. And then and the weather went back to 90 degrees. So can't say I won, but for a day there. Hopefully next week's, you know. I walked to Starbucks a couple times. I maybe got three or Mm. four different pumpkin drinks from Starbucks. I've I've gotten a couple. I've gotten a couple. I door dashed these like maple iced coffees, which were so good. Not from Starbucks. Um, Wow. And then I got some maple cookies. Um, Stores are starting to put out their pumpkin cookies and pumpkin stuff, so catch me you know eating those and my plan is to put my halloween decorations up this week so have you had the pumpkin bread at starbucks i have i've had every single pumpkin item or every single fall item that starbucks offers (laughs) because they have that every year and i'm so glad it's not one of those things i take away because i love that yeah i don't like really like they're scones because they put way too much frosting on them. I love the scone, but I definitely can't eat it all in one sitting because it is That's way the thing. too it's so sweet. sweet. Like I can only eat parts yeah. of it. Now, have you tried the new like apple drink that they have this fall? <laughs> no, I have not. Okay, no. so they had a, have a new fall drink, which is this apple okay. drink in addition to the pumpkin cream cold brew, which is my go-to. I'm really not a pumpkin spice latte person. I go for the pumpkin cream. Hot cold takes. Brew. Okay. Um, but I tried this apple crisp drink and it was really good. I would recommend if you order it to ask for less like pumps of whatever they put in it. Yeah. That's always the go-to. Like you never like, want the full pumps. It was too much. It was so sweet. And they put this like drizzle apple syrup in it and it pools at the bottom. So you have to like be careful about like not slurping up all this syrup at Mm -hmm. one time. But all that being said, it was a good drink and I'll probably get it again. Um, But I'm still Mm going to opt for the pumpkin cream cold brew. Cool. Well, it was apple, apple crisp what? I don't know. Some apple crisp thing. Okay. I don't know what it's actually fully called. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I'll figure it out. Maybe I'll go tomorrow. Um, I think they have it hot and cold, but I'm not actually sure. I drink my okay. drinks cold, so. Yeah. It depends on the weather for me. Um, I'll get them both. But all that being said, <laughs> it is now fall, which is why we wanted to do this movie, because I personally consider this to be a fall movie, because fall is all about getting back to school, seeing all of your friends, you know, it's about getting the fits. A lot of fits in this movie. Magic and yes. ghosts and, you know, maybe a little bit of spookiness going on. <laughs> <laughs> so all of the there's all of the things. I think Roald Dahl is actually like a very good writer for Halloween. Yeah, I and agree. Like spooky totally. season and fall in general. I mean, he's very fantasy based, so Right. And it's, it's so it is perfect uh, for this series, which is childhood classics, which is us going 
into the vault of our childhood minds <laughs> and finding the movies that made us. Yes, yeah. Um, and I, this is one that both of us watched. So yeah, definitely. It wasn't just one of the vaults. It was two of the vaults that were cross-referenced, <laughs> and this came out. Yeah. So you watched this a lot, though, oh, when you were a kid? Yes. This was like a childhood staple, pretty much. A childhood classic, you could a say. A childhood classic, yeah, for sure. Yes, one may say, yeah. <laughs> and this movie is Matilda, by the way. I mean, it's in the title. Oh, but... right. Matilda from 1996. Yes. Based on the book by Roald Dahl, which I think was in the 70s, question mark. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm not entirely sure. Did you read the book? I mean, I know you read the book recently, but did you read it when you were a kid? I did not read it as a kid, surprisingly. <gasps> Can wow. you believe that? Wow. Roald Dahl was like my favorite author when I was a kid. I read like every book. I was I was obsessed. Yeah, I read some Roald Dahl as a kid. Um, definitely not like all of his books. I was like mm-hmm. into other things, um, but mm-hmm. I'd never like Moby Dick. You know, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I never got around. You already to... got through all the children's books in the library. Yeah, I read every single one. I did read a lot of children. Like I wish that my mom had like recorded how many books i've read in my lifetime because yeah. got good reads back in the day yeah you know? i would love to know you know i just that was all i did as a kid was just consume mm. books and then occasionally watched you know movies and stuff such as this one but i did read the book this week because it's pretty short mm. um it is so it is. it's actually one of his longer ones which is funny like it's like one of his longest books but it's still very short obviously yeah it was fun um there were a lot of really cute like illustrations in it that i loved oh i love his yeah, the illustrators. they're so good yeah, um so. and yeah so it just definitely made the story more immersive and it was mm-hmm. surprisingly very similar to the movie. Like, it was a pretty straight-from-the-book adaptation. There were a few minor differences, right. but... Well, yeah, this is actually known for being one of the most, like, close-to-the-book adaptions of his work. I think, too, because they didn't want to make it because there was Willy Wonka in 1971, which is obviously super different from the book. Very, yeah. Um, and then The Witches in 1990, which didn't do well. And so they were, they initially refused the idea of doing this movie. And I, I wonder, also because his, I think, niece was involved. Um, and so I'm sure that also played a role into making this more faithful to the book yeah and there's a like you said it's a longer book so unlike fantastic mr fox they have a lot more to work with for the adaption yeah so before we go in this is all gonna be spoilers so sorry to those of you who haven't seen matilda uh but we're gonna be spoiling this movie um this is also directed by danny devito which that's one of those things when like you find that out when you're like get a little older and you're like wow the guy that was so mean to Matilda was the director? Yeah. I love him. Um, we have another synopsis here, written not by Raldal, but by you. So close second. Matilda isn't your average six-year-old. She can multiply large sums in her head, read college-level chapter books. I mean, who actually wants to read Moby Dick? And outwit her parents at every turn. When she is enrolled in school for the first time, she meets her amazing teacher, Miss Honey, but also comes face-to-face with the biggest menace of all, Miss Trunchbull, who is out to get her from day one. Will Matilda be able to use her newfound superpowers to take down the trunch and win Miss Honey her house back? Or will she die? Or will she get caught in the chokey forever? This is a very, like, straightforward plot i feel like which is interesting because it's like a really whimsical story but it is very like there's a very clear goals yeah i like how simple it is like it's just very she wants to go to school she wants to have friends um she wants to learn and then she's faced with a conflict of abusive adults in her life and then she's given this power from the universe to take them down and it's great yeah, I think that's why it works so well for an adaption too, because it's one of his, I mean, obviously not realistic stories, but it does take place in the real world, a semi-real world, yeah. you know, 
and I think that that works really well for an adaption to screen uh-huh. because it doesn't have to get so crazy, especially for the 1990s, where now you might be able to do a couple of of his other books more realistically with a bunch of CGI. But I mean, they tried it with BFG and it was terrible. Well, so. and they also just remade The Witches and that was also terrible. Yeah, so. right, right. I mean, maybe everything should just be like James and the Giant Peach, where it's just um, stop motion oh. because... Yeah. That was great. That's a great movie. I haven't seen it in so long. That was a childhood movie for me. Another childhood classic. A lot of Roald Dahl childhood classics. We could maybe just do like a whole series for him. Yeah, we could really do um, a Roald Dahl episode. I mean, Willy Wonka was a staple for me as a child. Charlie and the Chocolate Factory too. both of them. Fantastic Mr. Fox. He just, you know, ruled the childhoods. Ranking Roald Dahl movies. Ranking Roald Dahl movies emotional clickbait. Uh, so for this for this one though, I don't even know this wasn't like my favorite one if I had to do a ranking, but I did watch it a lot because I think it's very watchable even now, mm-hmm. and so it's a very easy movie to rewatch because there's just a lot of great scenes and really uh, memorable characters. Of course, you have the Trunchbull, but then also you have. Her parents. And her brother. Her brother is also very caricature. The family is so funny. Like, that's definitely what I laughed at the most. When, like, her brother's just throwing marshmallows at her. It's just everything in this. It's just so funny to me. This yeah, whole it's movie. very and they comical. They play it so dramatically. Like, with the Dutch angles. Like, Danny DeVito, I think, really did a great job in directing the movie. I agree. Because he makes it still feel realistic but also like very otherworldly so even though it's obviously awful like what's happening to her because it's like this abusive parents i think this also was in the book but like it makes it like you're able to watch it like able for a kid to watch it you know and not have it be like oh my gosh we shouldn't be watching this this is traumatizing yes when when i read the book this week that was one of my thoughts because i was like oh my god, like, this is just awful. Because you're not able to really visualize as much how Matilda is doing. Like, obviously in the movie you can see that she's, you know, being peaceful reading her book and she's having a great time at school and she's excited. Mm -hmm. And, you know, in some form she does care about her parents. um, And, you know, you can see her with her friends and stuff like that but in the book it's just really hard to translate the joy in it and so you're Mm -hmm. really just reading a lot of these very aggressive and abusive phrases from the trench bowl and from her parents and it's just like oh yikes I don't know that I would ever want a young child to read this book but I think I, w- I don't know. I loved it, but who knows? Maybe yeah, that's but like why when they're older, maybe a little older, you know, but like they, I think a young child could watch the movie. The, oh, for sure. And Easily. it would translate fine. Um, obviously, like a kid who's like maybe 10, w- 9 or 10 would be fine reading the book, I think. But any younger than that, I think it's for older kids anyway. Like, it's a little longer. There's definitely some lines. But I was like, when I watched the movie again after reading the book, I was like, wow, it translates so much better to screen, like, some of this stuff that's going on Mm -hmm. in these relationships because it's made out to Mm -hmm. be more comical and the characters are very, like, caricatures. Um, like, they're so over-exaggerated, the way the characters are made, like the mom and the dad and even Miss Trunchbull, that it's a lot easier to kind of stomach what is going on. Yeah, for sure. The book is a lot darker. I mean, he's a lot darker of a writer than I think Danny DeVito is of a director. Yes. Uh, and so, I don't know, like, he was obviously dead for this movie. I don't even know if he would like this movie, because I think this is, like, a lot lighter of a vision which I think, again, works better for a kid's movie because this even didn't do very well in the box office, but it would have done worse if it was like, I think even James and the Giant Peach level of dark. Yeah. That's a pretty dark movie. Um, but this is like, it's perfect. I mean, it's, you've got the opening, which it just starts out with a bang, and then you have the montage of her making the pancakes and then going to the library. And it just like, it starts off so well. And then that just kind of, 
get you into the groove of the movie because it's like you have all this terrible stuff happening to her but the the tone is really fun and the music is really fun and then i don't know if like when you're a kid you're going to be able to realize the guy narrating the movie is also the guy that plays the dad because the voice is when you know it's Dane DeVito, like you know his voice. Mm-hmm. But when you're a kid, I don't think that's going to be very obvious. But it might like be a mental thing where you hear his voice and it's nice, you know? Yeah. And so it makes his voice feel less scary when it's coming from the dad. Yeah. Um, I think it was a great idea to have him narrate it. I think he has a great narration voice. I think he should narrate more. Yeah, I agree. He's a king. Um, some fun things I saw with him. I, I don't know why he doesn't direct more because like these are some great ideas. I mean, they didn't use nearly any CGI. The only green screen they used was for the flying carrot. Oh, wow. But everything else was practical. So like even like when the chocolates that was like on wire and everything. I think it shows. I mean, I, I, like the stu- the effects look good, you know, like mm, even now mm-hmm. when I was watching it, I was like, Oh, whatever they used here was, you know, actually looks really good the pra- the way they did it practically. I saw on Letterboxd that there's some kind of like behind the scenes of the magic in Matilda. Oh, wow. But I didn't watch it. I I don't know where you would even find it. I didn't even look it up. Might be on YouTube, I would think. I mean, there was a lot of injuries on the film, so maybe we could use some some CGI now. Like Pamphiris, who plays Miss Trunchbull, had a lot of injuries. So there's Yikes. the one where she gets with the the blackboard erasers, you know, yeah, and that has yeah. to keep her eyes open. But with the chalk dust, she had to go to the hospital several times to get her eyes oh, washed Oh, my out God. Because she got so much in her eyes. Why did they use chalk dust? Why didn't they use, I don't like, know. I don't something know. Something else. They, this one's worse, though. So the scene where she's whirling Amanda Thrip wire pigtails yeah the the girl doesn't get hurt so oh thank god there's a harness that supports the girl and then the wires are then threaded through the pigtails right and then looped around miss trunchbull's her fingertips to give her a oh no okay i can already tell and then she's swinging around and then the centrifugal force grew too great and it tore off the top part of her finger no which required her to get seven or eight stitches i knew that was where it was going oh that's awful she really you know she committed to the role and i mean it felt bad for her probably when it first came out because it like I don't even think it made its money back. So she's like, wow, I did all this for nothing. Yeah. But now it's an iconic performance. Yeah. I mean, very. I mean, she's so good. No, she's great. Like, and she, it's like almost like a full transformation role. Like one of those. Yeah. Because like she's, I mean, Miss Trenchbull is not a very attractive person. And like, she's pretty in real life. And it's like. I know. How. Yeah. Yeah. It's really impressive. Well, even being able to like be dedicated enough to the craft or humble enough or more or self-confident enough to play that role that takes a lot and so i think she did a really good job there's like especially the way they shoot it because they shoot it so close to her sometimes Uh that it's like not attractive at all and it's it's a great performance she does she kills it one thing i saw that was interesting i can't say his last name because i don't know how to pronounce it but steven starts with a c steven c he was the uh director of photography on batman returns which also was danny devito was in that Mm -hmm. and so when he for this movie wanted to like have the tim burton wide angle photography um that's why he so he hired him to do this movie and i think you can definitely see that in a lot of those scenes now that you say it definitely yeah that's what it was like when i saw it like especially the chocolate cake scene that scene is so many like close-ups and everything like yeah, that. Yeah, that scene is so good. Do you know he didn't even like chocolate cake? Oh, really? The like, pork? He had to. The... He had to like. They had like a bucket for him to spit it out after the each kid? cake. Yeah, oh, he didn't like chocolate sad. cake. Apparently, he did a really good job too. All the child actors in oh, this, so I good. thought, were really good. Yeah, yeah, and then they say their lines well. Like it's not. You don't have any of those like really cheesy moments where it's like, oh, I mean, they're. They seem like um, dramatic readings, but they're not like cringy, I guess. Like yeah, they work like, in the story. The kids seem like real children. Because I think a lot of times with kids, they are good at acting or can do the lines, but they don't feel like genuine children of that age. Right. But I felt yeah. like all the kids in this actually felt like 
kids of that age. Like, they felt like mm-hmm. genuine, authentic children that you were watching, which I think is a benefit to, like, wanting to cheer for them. Right. Well, and then, because you also want to cheer for them in the way because, like, all these terrible things are happening to them. So if they were really, like, annoying kid actors, I feel like that would not be great because it wouldn't be like you were rooting for the Trunchbull, but it's also like, I can understand why she's so annoyed, but like, they're all so nice, you know? I don't, they're, yeah. they're so nice. I love Matilda's best friend, and I remember oh, she's loving her when I was a kid, too, like, thinking that she was so cool. And like, the when she, that like, day where she was like, really getting Trunchbull in the school, Matilda, she was wearing mm. like, purple overalls, and Converse, oh, and I yeah. was like, she was, I she want was that. Styled. I, I have purple overalls and Converse, and I was like, I need to recreate this fit that this girl is wearing. Yeah. Well, you know, then she, I remember, always remember because she drops down, and she's like, I didn't know I could do that, and I always remember <laughs> that line because I thought, I think that line reading is so funny because it's like such a serious or fun moment but then it like stops yeah. for that little line and it's like oh wow and i really liked the little snippets where like they did the little tiny montage of um when they were getting the newt in the creek and they had like the kids playing together and i was like oh my god i love this because it's like that's yeah. the classic kid thing of like playing in the creek playing outside mm. like that was my childhood And it just made me so happy to see Matilda with her new friends and like never having had friends in her whole life. And then she knows what friendship is. And I was like, all these kids and they're bonding over how mean Miss Trunchbull is. And I'm like, look, kids are resilient. Like just because Mm -hmm. you're mean. I wish it was a little longer with some of those scenes. Like not that they need any more development. I just like the scenes. So I would have just liked to see some more because I think that's the best part is being able to see her grow out of that like household and like find other things in the world that are yeah nice um and i think you have a lot of that with miss honey but i feel like i mean she's they have great chemistry but i think it's like a different kind of chemistry when it's her with the other kids because uh, it's like her bonding with kids her own age mm-hmm. and i think that's another aspect that they could have used a little bit more of because i think that was really nice to see well and i love the line when her friends like thanks for not ratting me out and she was like best friends don't tell and i was like oh my god that is a great t-shirt that's a good t-shirt you know best friends don't tell super super yucky where are you at yeah come on come on i think they i think they are doing a, a matilda line so maybe we just predicted one or if they're listening to this, they can kind of throw it in last minute for free of charge, you know? <laughs> These are just free ideas. Um, anyway, but with Miss Honey, I think that's another aspect of the movie that yeah. a lot of people, like, love. Like, I think that's, like, the thing that people have most grabbed onto from this movie. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got the cottagecore vibes going strong. She's a queer that, icon. like, final did you, montage. Did you know that she's a queer icon? I, I know she is. <laughs> I, I read Letterboxd reviews. <laughs> okay. I know. I see it. I've seen it on TikTok a lot where they're, like, post pictures of her in the cottage and, you know, with her outfits and oh, yeah. everything. Mm. We stand. Oh, yeah, for sure. And I think, you know, you've got, like, that image of like eating the one chocolate before you go to bed and it's like (laughs) wow (laughs) this is so like cliche but also in a way that like i would love to have that can i get like a chocolate bowl maybe i'll maybe i'll go out buy a cigar box put some chocolates in it and have one each night yeah and i think the movie too is also her arc paralleling you know matilda's arc of like she had this horrible childhood and she Mm. wants to see she sees that the same in matilda when she goes to her house and meets the parents and all that and just really wants the best for her which is why she sort of takes her under her wing because i think she sees a lot of her younger self in matilda and so i think it's really interesting when you look at kind of her arc too of like trying to come to you know how matilda helps her in the same way that miss honey is helping matilda um which i think is interesting right because matilda's a lot like more outgoing and adventurous and then 
that kind of pushes her but then like yeah they're very they complement each other very well both like thematically but also i think their chemistry like acting together is really good too yeah i agree it's um i mean i you've that's like an basically just out of a horror movie is the scene when they're in the house oh my gosh i know still an engaging scene like they do a great job with the suspense well yeah because they have like i I think one of the most suspenseful parts of it is when she's going down you know obviously miss honey it like doesn't want to be there and she's traumatized and has to work through her own trauma of being back in the house and then she sees miss trunchbull going down the hall to where she just sent matilda and it's like what am I supposed to do? And like that suspense right. is like, oh gosh, no, don't give Matilda. Like, so. Well, the most iconic scenes too is like when the Trunchbull, like she does all these crazy things. You're like, oh, like you think they're safe. And then she like jumps from the balcony down three stories. And you're like, okay, <laughs> I guess they're not safe anymore. Yeah. Cause she could jump this. F- and she's like swinging that ball. And it's scary. Like. It's a scary scene. I think it's a great job. Yeah, and then when she looks under the table and you're like, oh, Matilda was just there. Where is she? And then you see her. Uh-huh. I, it just like... Classic. You can definitely Classic. feel what the characters are feeling in that scene. Like, mm. you can feel their kind of panic and need to get out, but fear yeah. as well. That's like the perfect example of like taking a lot from your influences. Uh-huh. And not like hiding it, but also not just completely copying the movies so like obviously you have like a lot of like horror movies slashers halloween i just recently watched and i think that like rewatched and that has a lot of parallels with the house yeah and then just like i mean jurassic park no wait was this before or after jurassic park i think this was after. after okay okay so jurassic park just came out he's in the theater and he's like okay i know how i'm gonna write this scene just like all that stuff and i think it is like one of those things where it's like the kids version of this kind of movie or like the kids version of this but in a good way like yeah i agree because kids kids need like some like quote-unquote horror as well Well, and i don't remember it ever being too scary as a kid but i i remember being like tense about it but not having it be like scary oh yeah i think like there's definitely a line yeah you can draw between because you i feel like a lot of kids movies are scared of having any suspense because they're just worried that parents maybe will get mad or they're going to scare the kids and then the kids won't want to watch their movie anymore yeah it's really impressive that they found that balance um that really made it work in this movie yeah i totally agree because you see that less and less now in kids movies and it's either like sing or it's like soul which it's like i don't know how any kid's gonna understand any of this or who's gonna like this idea of this guy dying i think that luca did that very well because Luca... Uh, bring him back to Luca. Yes. Because I know kids that love Luca, and I think it appeals very well to a younger audience, but I think it also has mm-hmm. a lot of aspects that older audiences can watch as well, more so than something like Soul. Oh, yeah. And I think we talked about that in that review, and but also with this, because I think a kid can grasp onto the concepts of... I mean, in that one scene in Matilda, they know why it's scary and they know that it's scary and they know like all the characters and they just they're into like they understand it's not like you have to be an adult to be like oh my gosh this is such a scary moment but only i know because i'm an adult i think that they do a good job of like the kids are also feeling that emotion i think that's with luca too i think Uh i think kids can under understand that luca is like an emotional movie the themes are translated directly into the movie rather than being like metatextual because they're just like in there. And so I think that's really cool because kids deserve to have movies that do that for them too. I think part of that too is that it feels like Danny DeVito is just really good with kids. Oh yeah. I think a lot of that translation comes from him being able to see kids on screen well and like direct children very well. I wish that he would have done more kid, like directed more kids movies because everything translates so well in the kids' performances and just the way that all that is handled, like you said too. And I just wish that he could have done more, you know? Yeah. What what could have been if this movie had made its money back? Like, would we have gotten 
like another maybe he would have made a charlie and the chocolate factory movie yeah god or something else i mean you never know i would have would have loved it um yeah i mean i read something that so mara wilson she was shy about dancing which i mean i would be too i wouldn't want to dance in front of a bunch of adults when i was six years old or eight years old however old she was and so in that scene when she dances um when she's like making all the stuff twirl which any everyone was recreating on tiktok last year yeah um he made all of the cast and crew also dance off screen and so everyone was dancing but you only see her but she thinks she like everyone's dancing with her and i thought that was really nice and that's that's such a good idea though like who would who would think about that like that's such a great directing it just seems like I'm going to cry. Wow, that's so nice. I know, it's so nice. It just seems like he genuinely understands children in the way they're represented Mm. on screen and the way that they'll Mm. receive the movie as well. Right. And I think that's a very clear example of like, he cares about the kids. Like, it's not like he's just making this story. Like, he actually genuinely cares about the kids that are in it. And cares about how it translates. And that is so yeah. sweet. I love that. I know. And then you have, obviously, like, everyone. This is, like, the big, not fun fact, but just fact that people know about the movie, I guess. Is that, so, Mary Wilson's mom got diagnosed with breast cancer during this movie mm-hmm. while they were filming. Mm-hmm. And then died four months before release. And so, the movie, they dedicated to her memory. And yeah. also, Danny DeVito showed her a f- the final edit so she could see... The performance oh. before she died so she got to see the movie oh, you know which is just really is nice so sweet he is a nice Man. guy he's really danny devito c- come on the podcast please yeah well we love you we and do. we want to express that love danny that. devito <laughs> Remember when that was a TikTok (laughs) trend? (laughs) Oh my gosh. Danny DeVito is just killing TikTok, you know? He's just all around. He's a good dude. Wow. I'm trying to think of anything else with this movie in particular that jumped out at me. I love the the whole thing with when... So starting when she goes to her dad's work with him. Uh Uh-huh. And then all the way until like when they go back and she blows up the TV. Like that whole day. I think is awesome yeah. because it just really establishes a character growth in her that has to happen before she goes to school. Yeah. And I think it's also just, there's so many like funny moments. Like you have all the stuff at the used car shop, which I think is just so funny. Yeah. Like I can't think about buying used cars or think about used cars without like, or used car salesman without thinking about Matilda. Because it's like, I got to be careful when I get a used car because I don't want it to be Matilda's dad with the, with the sawdust and everything. It's really, really bad for car salesmen out there. Tough beat for them. Probably yeah, hate this real. movie. But I think it's really funny. And then she puts the glue on his hat. And then I love the scene when like the food flies, but then all the cake lands right by her. That was so cute. I mean, like I knew it was coming, but when it happened this time... I was like, right. love that for her. Like, well, that whole that whole day is like a kid's dream because it's like everyone thinks that their parents are really mean, you know. And obviously, in this movie, her parents are super mean. But in their in my kid's head, I feel like a lot of times that's what they already think their parents are like. And so that's just like what they would love is like to have all the food fly, but then they get their dessert and then just blow like being able to like just blow up the tv i don't know i think it's really like a fun way for kids to like feel like they're being represented in a movie Mm -hmm. you know yeah i also really like the scene with the fbi guys like how she always walks by and she's like they're cops they're cops and the dad's like there's no cops they're they're sailboat salesmen (laughs) that's speedboat salesmen (laughs) i love the mom she's so funny one thing that's so interesting is like I think it goes to show that, like, I mean, obviously Matilda's only six, but that, like, she has a good heart because even, like, her dad is awful and she's still, like, I'm gonna still protect him and, like, not... Like, she's just such a good little kid. Uh, But I love her making their car go down the road and she's just, like... (laughs) Well, because they're jerks, too. It's not like they're trying to do this to be, like noble you know they just right, like right. it's just like a game to them they're like you're going to an orphanage like it kind of shows that it's not just your parents that are jerks it's like 
just adults in general and then miss honey's just like there yeah as like the shining example the gold um, star the gold star the honey colored star and her classroom <laughs> is so freaking cute like all the little mm-hmm. stuff she has in her classroom all the little signs and papers and stuff. Like, I would have loved to have a teacher like Miss Honey. I feel like mm-hmm. everyone as a kid watches this and is like, oh my gosh, I want Miss Honey to be my teacher. And yeah, then everyone like, see this movie and they're like, I can't wait to go to school tomorrow. And then they go and they're like, I hate this. Yeah. <laughs> and can you imagine, like, I just think about what, what about like kids who watch this movie and it inspired them to become a teacher? And they like yeah, wanted to be like true. Miss Honey. That is Miss so Honey was cute. my inspiration. Oh my! Another gosh. another super yaki shirt right there. Um, yeah, I think she's really great, and she's like supportive of all the kids. Like even when she thinks Matilda's crazy for saying she has powers, she's like just very supportive, and she's like, ah, I think it's great that you think you can. You're so powerful. Like ah, it's so. She's really. She's a really good teacher. Yeah, very good. And she says all the right things that like you should say to kids. Like because like I I have taught preschool. Like this pat last school year, I was a teacher's assistant mm-hmm. at a preschool, and it's hard sometimes. Like when kids say things to you to know what the right thing to say to a five year old is who says, you know, something about imagination or you're playing and they're like you know something about dinosaur dinosaur this and it's like oh yeah i believe that there is a dinosaur like you know like you gotta play along but also encourage the kid and stuff and i just think that is really important that she was able to say some of those lines in the way she did and that like kids watching it can also hear that and hopefully take some of the same messages Mm -hmm. from the lines that she's saying to matilda yeah, it's just a great kids movie, like for both adults and kids. But again, not one of those where it's like, oh, yeah, both adults and kids can enjoy it, but for different reasons, like up where it's like the kids can enjoy the dogs and then the parents can enjoy the wife dying. Like, oh, my God. But it's <laughs> what they say. No, yeah, I totally agree. Like, I mean, I feel like obviously now as an adult because i haven't watched this in a while even though it's like ingrained into my brain but as an adult watching it i can obviously see a lot more of the like themes and elements of it Mm -hmm. um looking back on it but i feel like i still enjoyed it in the same way that i did as a kid like i still had all the same laughs and same moments like it wasn't like kids movies today where oh we'll have the adults can enjoy it too but we'll throw in these stupid jokes for the kids to laugh at like all the jokes or vice versa you know across the board it's not like peter rabbit too where they say some dumb flossing joke and you're like oh the rabbit is flossing now i don't remember if that happened but i feel they say one like really thickly veiled like sex joke and it's like this is for the parents out there it's yeah, like yeah. I, the parents and kids are enjoying it for the same reasons, which I think is really like the best kind of kids movies. I think do that. Yeah, I definitely agree. I mean, I loved it just as much like revisiting it. I still loved it just as much as mm. I did as a kid. Like there wasn't any moment where I was yeah. like, oh, man, I wish I wouldn't have revisited because I think that's always the fear of watching nostalgic childhood movies is as an adult, you're mm. worried that you're going to watch it and things might change or you might view it differently and then it no longer holds that sacred space in your heart. And so I'm right. glad that I watched it and I was like, damn, this is a good movie. Like, I love it. it I'm is. still enjoying it. I'm not even mad that I spent three ninety nine to rent it. Like, it was worth it, you know? Yeah. And you know, lastly, also why this movie just it just defies the modern film thought thinking is because they wanted they wanted to cut the chocolate cake scene, but they didn't because it didn't move the story forward. Uh. And I think that's something that a lot of people are really like big on now is like every scene needs to move the story forward and be like plot driven yeah and especially in a kids movie i think that's ridiculous like no it just like some i mean it can contribute to the atmosphere of the story the tone a feeling like i mean i think in that point in the movie you're starting to see i mean it's showing that the trunchbull can be beaten in some way it's showing matilda's like or just the overall feeling is a little bit like there is hope i guess yeah so i think like 
that's something that I don't think, I mean, they probably would cut it today because it doesn't technically move the story forward, but I think the story can be moved forward in other ways that aren't plot related. Yeah, so. that is a very good point because like, I mean, the parts I like about this movie most are like, sure, the bigger scenes, but I love the cake scene and I love the scene where they're just like talking in the schoolyard and I love the scene where they're catching the newt. Like those are the things for me that make this movie so special. And so I'm glad that they made the choice. Or to in the keep library, in. you know. Oh my with god, the I cried. I I like tears were coming oh, out wow. of my eyes. I think I sent you a Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. Like when I don't uh, like libraries are very special to me. I grew up going to the library every week. I still go to the library every week. They're like the library has always been a very big part of my life. You are Matilda. I am, <laughs> except that I will <laughs> never read Moby Dick. But yeah, when the librarian, and she's also very nice in the book as well, but when the librarian is like walking with her and she's like, you know, that you are able to take the books home with a library card, mm. I was like, oh my God, I can't handle it. Because like this movie is about the adults that are like helpers in my mind, like the people who really invest in the community um, and that's, you know, teachers, librarians, nurses, you know, doctors, mailmen, like those kind of people who are there and present. And yeah, I just thought that was very special that that moment with the librarian, because really the librarian could have turned Matilda away because she was like too young or didn't have a parent, but instead she chose to like cultivate this child and help them and not judge them and be like oh you want this other book okay i'll help you pick it out and you know mm. i just think that is so nice like those are the good people in the world those are the mr rogers of the world you know uh-huh the librarians and the miss honeys yeah and yeah that's it actually in this movie so and the and the kids you know the kids are um the one not plot hole but one thing i was like well it's one of those things too where like she probably just didn't know, but it's funny because it says she finishes, she finished all the kids books, but then Miss Honey leaves her The Wind in the Willows. And I'm like, I'm pretty sure she's read The Wind in the Willows if she's finished the kids section. Yeah. So it's one of those things where like, she's probably being nice. Like, thanks for the book. I've read it, but okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I, I'm on to Moby Dick now. Um, I did want to read, um, I highlighted a, a line in the book. I think I texted it to you too, but I wanted to read it in the podcast. Um, so this is from, essentially, it's the girl in the movie that's a little bit older, like a, a couple, quite a few years older than them, like maybe 11. Okay. The like blonde yeah. girl. Um, so she meets Lavender and Matilda in the schoolyard and is giving them the kind of rundown like she does in the movie. And she's a prankster in the book. And so she says, um, she's telling Matilda about a time she was put in the chokey. And she says, the first time I poured half a tin of golden syrup onto the seat of the chair the trench bowl was going to sit on at prayers. It was wonderful. When she lowered herself into the chair, there was a loud squelching noise similar to that made by a hippopotamus when lowering its foot into the mud on the banks of the Limpopo River. But you're too small and stupid to have read the Just So stories, aren't you? And Matilda says, I've read them. But I just thought that was so <laughs> funny because <laughs> I was like, I've read them. the way that Roald Dahl writes, like, because it gives you the impression or the metaphor then, or simile, I don't know, I get metaphor and simile mixed up still, but that Miss Trenchwell is the equivalent of a hippopotamus, like, stepping into gross yeah. mud, and I just think that yeah. is perfect, um, so I really liked that, and I wrote that down. Yeah, that's funny, I, he has so many of those good, like, met, a lot of metaphors like that, turns of phrases, I think it's really, um, he's a great writer. So I, I can't find the exact details of the contest, but basically uh, I want to tell the story because, again, Roald Dahl was my favorite author as a kid. And in 2011, it was the 50th anniversary of James and the Giant Peach. And they had like a writing contest for like eight to like 
15 or I don't know what it was. It was for like a kid's writing contest. And um, if you won, you went to like London or something and did something, I guess. I don't know. Wow. I was in London. It was like the top three went there. And I wrote in for the contest and I didn't go to London. Okay. So I didn't go to London, but I got in like the top 150 or something. Wow. And they sent me a t-shirt and like a copy of the book. So definitely not as cool as going to London. But I that's did want to say that story because that's like very cool. Like, was it like a short story? No, I think the prompt was like I just like looked it up, and I think I did see the prompt. It was like, "What would you do if if the peach landed in like your city today or something?" Wow! And you had to like it was like a prompt. Do you like remember that, what you your say. answer was? I don't remember. It was something about there's one character that's like a really big pessimist or something. You uh-huh. know, I don't remember what the character was, and it was something about like pessimism and comparing that with optimism it was probably like made no sense but it probably sounded like really deep for like a 10 year old to be writing it so that's probably why they were like i'll give the 150 wow so that was like my main claim to fame for like my 11 year old self yeah that's (laughs) very cool i wish i would have known about the contest and could you imagine if we both entered the same contest we got the top three (laughs) and we both went to london with some other random kid. <laughs> that would have been wild. That would have been a wild time. That would be like the coolest meetup story. Like we both wrote for a, a James and the Giant Peach <laughs> writing contest. Because that's something I totally would have done. Like if I. Oh yeah. Like as a kid. Because I was really into writing as a kid. I should try to find whatever I wrote. Yeah. And we, could see if we could post it, it on the pod. I'm sure your mom has it somewhere. Post it. Transition as an essay. On our new website <gasps> that we have. Oh my gosh! Uh, so we have a new website. We announced this last episode, but uh, well, we announced it. We this by this time everything will be up on the website. Yeah, and so it should be fully running. Um, what is the point of this website? Why did we make it? Um, so the point of the website is so that we can have one another outlet to kind of share our thoughts. But two, also give us a new medium to kind of translate our reviews and commentary um, to something, you know, different and maybe something that we can individually talk about. A movie that each one of us specifically likes or topic we're interested in. Um, So our goal is to write one a month each and maybe more if we get around to it. Um, But at least once a month, each of us will have written some form of essay piece. (laughs) Who knows what it'll be. Um, But those will be on the website to read. um, And it'll be a good time. Yeah. You could also find um, some playlists we put together of like every episode in our certain series. Some of our favorite episodes, personal favorites. So that is all there as well. If you're looking for a more convenient way to find some episodes, as well as just a way to contact us as well. But we have so many ways to contact us because you can also email us at secondhandfilmcritics at gmail.com. If you have any comments about this episode or another episode or something completely different. And if you do email us, we will maybe read your comments in the next episode because we we love love hearing from everyone. And yeah, I love reading emails, you know, that are that are about fun things. Emails about boring things or work related things are not as fun. But yeah, if you email about Matilda, that would be great. I would love an email about Matilda. Yeah, would love to see that. Let us know if you watched Matilda as a kid, what it meant to you. Why Danny DeVito is awesome. Yeah. If you have any Danny DeVito stories, I would also like to hear Danny DeVito stories. More um, facts behind why Miss Honey is a queer icon. We'd love to hear all of it. Wow. If Queer Quadrant is listening, Matilda Queer Quadrant episode <laughs> when? question mark. <laughs> Put Come it on. on the schedule now. <laughs> that, another, another, that would be a great episode. Um, Yeah, this was fun. I love Matilda, and I like talking about these kind of childhood classics. We've already done The Pacifier, um, so hopefully maybe we'll try to do one more of these in this year. If not, definitely next year. We have one more on our schedule. We do? Oh, we, we do. do. Okay, so there will be one more We this will year. at least be doing one more of these this year in November, and maybe telling you November, it, it, it'll be maybe holiday-related. You can take your guesses. If you want, until then, to follow us on our, see our thoughts, you can obviously 
um, subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform to the podcast. But you can also go to our social medias, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Just search Secondhand Film Critics, and we should come up. We've been trying to post more, especially on Twitter. The tweets are definitely of varying quality and content, <laughs> but they are there. I don't know there. what you're talking about. <laughs> Thirst tweets are the highest of quality content. There's a lot of different types of tweets there for sure. A lot so, of variety happening. Uh, go follow us on there. You can also contact us there. There's so many ways to contact us. We just need friends. No, I'm, jo- I'm joking. I'm joking. Just uh, like Matilda. We want, like- we want friends. We are Matilda. Yeah. I need Danny DeVito to dance with me. Yes. And I would like to go to the library. So. And live with Miss Honey? You know, I wouldn't be against it. <laughs> Have a chocolate every night. <laughs> call her, sorry, call her mommy. <laughs> sorry, mommy. So, sorry. Sorry, mo- mommy. <laughs> sorry, mommy. Mommy. <laughs> it's too late. Oh God! Oh um, gosh! Anything else before this goes too off the rails? The next, our next episode. Did we decide that it was going to be the Goodfellas episode? Yeah, yeah. So our next episode is um, another edition of another series called We've Never Seen, which is the opposite of the series in that this is like ones we've watched a million times, and We've Never Seen is ones we've never watched. It is, yeah. Um, and this is a biggie. Uh, so sorry to all the cinephiles in the room. To all the film bros. We will be talking about the the bad dudes. No, it's the good fellas. Wow. Um, <laughs> uh, which is we've talked about Godfather once, so this is kind of like you know same kind of idea. Yeah, we're um, getting in there. Um, I'm. I mean, it it should be interesting. We'll see what we think about it's it. It's a Scorsese movie, right? Yeah, yeah, we got to yeah, have some Scorsese content with all the Marvel content we've been doing. Might as well also yeah, get yeah, Scorsese gotta, in there. <laughs> we have to get some cinema in the in the pipeline. We already have Matilda, so there's some there's one example of cinema and then we'll have Goodfellas. So two cinema. Yeah, this We've got good things coming. The, this these next oh, yeah, weeks are just going to be fire. So I mean, th- movies have good things coming. A lot of movies I'm excited for. So with that comes hopefully good episodes because there'll be good movies, so good reviews. <laughs> <laughs> One can only One hope. One can hope. Well, um, anything else to say until then? No, I think I've exhausted all my comments. <laughs> okay. All right, well, until next time, I am Noah. And I'm Kayla. And, and we're, we're your, your second-hand, second-hand film, film critics. critics.